Welcome to the preaching ministry of Port St. Lucie Bible Church. We are a Christian church whose goal is to faithfully preach Christ from Scripture so that we might better love and serve Him. We pray that this message from God's Word would engage your mind with the truth and inspire your heart to obey Christ. Here's today's message. Folks, we are in 1 Thessalonians in chapter 1. Title this one today, this message today, That'll Be the Day. And it's good to be back in 1 Thessalonians uh, today. Um, I'm only going to point to a single verse in 1 Thessalonians. That'll be verse 10. Uh, but that is okay. It's a very important verse. And then we'll celebrate the Lord's Supper together. If you were here with us last Sunday, you know that you learned that the church is going through an age of tribulation. In fact, tribulation is a word most often used in scripture to describe the experience of Christians in this world. The church age is an age of Christian persecution and affliction. And to recognize this, is it's very helpful in understanding Jesus' Olivet Discourse, uh, and which we'll address later in this series. But with a common experience of Christian suffering, the questions in the minds of those in the church of Thessalonica might have been asking this question, how long is all this going to last? When is it all going to end? Theirs is the same question asked by the martyrs of Revelation chapter 6. They, they are seen waiting in heaven, saying, how long? How long? And the Apostle John records this answer. When the Lamb broke the fifth seal, I saw underneath the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and because of the testimony which they also maintained. So, so these suffered persecution and were martyred for the identical reasons we discussed last week. Because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus which they kept. If you remember, these are also the precise reasons that John the, the apostle was exiled to an island called Patmos becoming a fellow partaker he said in the tribulation it was for the word of God and the testimony of Jesus it's the gospel it's the gospel that Christ died for sins and then rose again and we read the martyrs in Revelation chapter 6 that they cried out with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, will you refrain from judging and avenging our blood on those who dwell on the earth? And there was given to each of them a white robe, and they were told that they should rest for a little while longer until the number of their fellow servants, and their brethren who were to be killed, even as they had been, would be completed also. 
So a couple things we learn there. Uh, first, it's going to be a little while longer. Second, the persecution unto martyrdom will continue until the full number of the brethren destined to become martyrs come in. And then will come the day of the Lord's vengeance upon all who have persecuted God's people. It should come uh, as no surprise, really, that this, this language is very similar to what we read earlier in our scripture reading from 2 Thessalonians in chapter 1, verse 6. You can go ahead and return to 2 Thessalonians 1 uh, now. There Paul tells the church, For after all, it is only just for God to repay with affliction those who afflict you, and to give relief to you who are afflicted, and to us as well. So when will God do it? When will he do it? Verse 7 says, When the Lord Jesus will be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, dealing out retribution to those who do not know God and to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus, these will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from his glory of his power. So when does the Lord repay with affliction those who have afflicted us? When does retribution come to those who do not obey the gospel? We are told that retribution will come when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire. I'll show you in a few moments that this is the day of the Lord. What is the penalty these unbelievers pay on the day that Christ is revealed from heaven? It says eternal destruction. Is there any hope for them at that point? No. Are there any second chances? No. On the day that judgment of God comes to deal out retribution and wrath, there will be no second chance. No second chance. When does Paul tell the church of Thessalonica that relief will come to those who are Christians. He says relief will arrive when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire. It's the same occasion on the same day. Christ's church is assured we will receive relief from our tribulations and our afflictions and unbelievers will receive divine retribution on the very same day. It is a day when the Lord Jesus will be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire. 
Now, folks, that'll be the day. That's going to be the day. It will be a day of God's retribution, vengeance, and wrath. Verse 8 says, For all who, who do not know God, and to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. In verse 9, it says, These pay the penalty of eternal destruction. Folks, this is the pouring out of God's wrath, represents the pouring out of God's wrath, that is portrayed as seven bowls of wrath. Seven bowls of wrath from Revelation chapter 16. And as we learned again this morning in adult Bible class, the seven bowls in Revelation signify by the number seven, it will be the full and complete wrath. The fullness of wrath coming from God. What is the experience of Christians going to be in that day? Verse 10 says, it will be a day when Jesus comes to be glorified in his saints on that day and to be marveled at among all who have believed, for our testimony to you was believed. Well, that'll be the day. Again, all who have believed. All who have believed. This day describes a universal resurrection of all believers on that same day. The same day that destruction comes upon the ungodly. And notice in verse 10, who gets to participate in this day? It says Christ is coming to be glorified in his saints and to be marveled at among all who have believed. Again, everyone who has believed, all who have believed. And this describes a universal resurrection of all believers on the same day. It includes all who will believe. You know, the final chapter of the prophet Isaiah describes this day as one of joy, one of comfort for those who are believers, and one of wrath for those who are God's enemies. Now listen closely for Isaiah's allusion to the resurrection on this day. This is in Isaiah chapter 66 and verse 14. Here we go. Then you will see this, and your heart will be glad, and your bones will flourish like the new grass. And the hand of the Lord will be made known to his servants, but he will be indignant toward his enemies. For behold, the Lord will come in fire, and his chariots like the whirlwind, to render his anger with fury, and his rebuke with flames of fire. For the Lord will execute judgment by fire and by his sword on all flesh, and those slain by the Lord will be many. Again, Isaiah is describing this same day of judgment when the Lord Jesus will be revealed from heaven 
with his mighty angels in flaming fire. The Lord Jesus will be revealed in flaming fire. Folks, that, that's going to be the day. So this is going to be a day God executes wrath when the Lord Jesus comes. We will discover as we progress through First and Second Thessalonians uh, that this coming of the Lord Jesus... His coming is in the Greek parousia. I want us to remember that Greek word parousia, his coming. And this coming of the Lord Jesus is, it's also called the day of the Lord. It's the same event. And here's one of the many ways we know this. Um, immediately after describing this day of rescue for the believers and judgment for the unbelievers in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Paul then says immediately in chapter 2, and verse 1 says, Now we request you, brethren, with regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul writes, Now we request you, brethren, with regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And our gathering together with him. That you not be quickly shaken from your composure or be disturbed either by a spirit or a message or a letter as if from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Like chapter 1 of 2 Thessalonians, Paul defines this parousia, this coming of Christ, and the day of the Lord as the same event. It's a day of judgment for unbelievers. It's a day of our gathering together to him for believers. Are Christians going to have to suffer God's wrath in any of this? No, no. It, it is our day of relief from affliction. And our verse for today, that's 1 Thessalonians 1 and verse 10, commands Christians to do this. Wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, that is Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath to come. Jesus is going to be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire and somehow rescue all generations of Christians. Verse 10 says, all who have believed in him before he pours out his bowls of wrath upon the earth. Does anybody have any suspicion on how Jesus might just accomplish that? Well, the answer is given in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 29. There Jesus says, But immediately after the tribulation of those days, and we discovered last week that the church age is an age of tribulation. Therefore, Jesus says, Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will fall from the sky. And the powers of the heavens will be shaken. 
And then the son of, sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. And he will send forth his angels with a great trumpet. And they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of the sky to the other. Folks, that'll be the day. And the Lord Jesus says in verse 37, For the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah, sudden cataclysmic judgment. And Jesus says, Therefore be on the alert, for you do not know which day the Lord is coming. Be on the alert. Be dressed in readiness. We heard that repeatedly when we studied the Gospel of Luke. Be on the alert. Here again are some of the elements that Jesus describes in Matthew chapter 24. He says there will be cataclysmic signs in the sky. The sign of the Son of Man will appear. Jesus comes in the clouds with power and great glory. All the tribes of the earth mourn because they recognize their judgment has arrived. But for us, by God's grace, for us, the angels sent forth with the sound of a great trumpet will gather together all of God's elect, both dead and alive, all who have believed in him on that day, from one end of the sky to the other to meet the Lord. Um, folks, th this is the coming of Christ. It, it is the day of the Lord from Second Peter Verse 3, describing an unexpected arrival, comes like a thief. Comes unpredictable. It'll be quite the day. But meanwhile, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 10 says, that while we are here enduring much affliction, we are to wait for his Son from heaven, whom God raised from the dead, that is Jesus who rescues us from the wrath to come. He is coming and he will send his angels to rescue us. What do we normally call this event? Of being gathered together from all corners of the earth from the four winds into the sky. It's the rapture. It is the rapture. Do you know where else or where in scripture we find the word rapture? It's in this series. First Thessalonians chapter 4. We will get to visit that again uh, in just maybe three or four months. It comes from First Thessalonians in chapter 4 and verse 17. This is the famous, the famous rapture passage. And this is what it says. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, 
that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep, meaning those who have passed away. We will not precede them. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. We all know that is because they have six feet further to go, right? That's an old one, but it's true. It gives the image. The dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive and remain, those who are living at this time, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we shall always be with the Lord. It all fits. I don't think there should be a lot of doubt that this is describing the same event. And by his angels will be, will be gathered together. We will be caught up or raptured into the sky moments before God pours out his wrath on all unbelievers who are left behind. Dealing out retribution to those who do not know God and to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Paul says these will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he comes to be glorified in his saints on that day and to be marveled at among all who have believed. Not just some, all. All. That'll be the day. May I share one more? This reference comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And we usually use this passage for encouragement at funerals. It's usually read. And it too is describing the same universal resurrection of all believers on the day of the Lord. And Paul writes this, Now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. But I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, meaning we won't all pass away. But we will all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For this perishable must put on the imperishable, and this mortal must put on immortality. But when this perishable will have put on the imperishable, and this mortal will have put on immortality, then will come about the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? Death is gone. The rapture occurs at the last trumpet that announces God's judgment. And in the twinkling of an eye, we will all be changed. All who believe will be changed. And 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 17 assures the dead in Christ will rise first. 
Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. Jesus describes his angels gathering together his elect into the sky to meet him and says this occurs after the tribulation of those days. Well, of course it does. It would have to be in the past tense to not have occurred in the tribulation of these days. This is the age of tribulation. Relief for unbelievers comes on the same day judgment comes for unbelievers. When the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire. Two will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken. Another will be left to judgment. And like in the day of Lot, angels were dispatched to Lot by God to, to grab him and his family by the hand moments before God poured out his wrath on Sodom. In the same way, God's angels will grab us into the sky moments before God suddenly and unexpectedly pours out his wrath on earth. And in Luke 17 and verse 28, Jesus says, It was the same as happened in the days of Lot. He's speaking of Noah. It is the same as happened in the days of Lot. They were eating, they were drinking, they were buying, they were selling they were planting, they were building. But on the day that Lot went out from Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Jesus says it will be just the same on the day that the Son of Man is revealed. Just the same. Folks, with complete respect, I can't see how any secret rapture could occur seven years before Christ comes and fulfill these passages. There is no seven years, a period where people are going to get a second chance. There's no second chance, folks. That, that's just the movies and left behind. And it was a bad movie. We shouldn't be suggesting to anyone they're going to get a second chance. I realize that, that many of us, including myself, including myself, have been taught a different pre-tribulation rapture view uh, by people we trust and today still highly respect. And you do not have to agree with a post-tribulation rapture to be a Christian or even to be a member of this church. But if you have historically been pre-trib, I do, with utmost respect, with utmost respect, ask you to be willing to consider that perhaps there is a chance you've been wrong. And if you decide to agree that all this evidence points to a post-tribulation rapture, there will be a few dominoes that fall. 
The definition of the great tribulation will be one of them. The explanation of the 70th week of Daniel is another. Your perception of Christ's church being God's final temple that he dwells in uh, will be reinforced. And the church will be the place where the Antichrist is doing his dirty deeds. And I assure you, as we progress through First and Second Thessalonians, there are godly, uh, very godly and biblical explanations for each of these topics, including the strong covenant that is promised in Daniel chapter 9. I very much look forward to the privilege and the opportunity to explain each of these in the weeks and months ahead. Uh, we will discuss them all. I believe you will see that everything fits. Everything fits. Um, those will be for the days ahead. That's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of stuff. But it isn't that unclear. When I started the, the series, I, I urged folks, it's not going to be that hard. It's not that difficult. Um, what we are going to experience is being rescued from the wrath to come. How much better can it be than that? What a reason to put your faith in Jesus Christ that he will rescue you, that he will take you to glory with him and shower you with his love and his mercy throughout all eternity. Well, that'll be the day. <laughs>